0: Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I have been through various ups and downs over my time in sobriety. The one thing I love about my journey is that it's brought me to you in helping others in sobriety. If you are listening to this, then you are either wanting to start your journey or currently active in recovery and just want to hear other people's experience, strength, and hope. Either way, we are here for you, and we are the community to help you through whatever part of your journey you are on. We have something for everyone. Now, let's get started on today's journey. up and happy wednesday i am so excited to be back with you this week this week we have my friend brian i met brian four and a half ish years ago on twitter and we were both in recovery at the same time and he is just one of the kindest sweetest most down-to-earth people i have ever met in my entire life so when i asked him to be on the podcast i was really excited that he accepted He is celebrating his nine-year anniversary today. We recorded on his nine-year anniversary. So happy nine years, Brian, on October the 25th. We are going to hear a little bit about his story, what he is doing now, and what his hope is for the future. He also has a daily blog that he writes, and I'm going to link that onto the website so that you can go on there and follow it. It is a WordPress blog, and he also has an Instagram that you can follow, and he does these little daily videos, and they are just phenomenal, and I actually do include them in my daily readings because he has so much inspiration, and he has so much knowledge he really has connected with his higher power in his program, and he works those principles, and he works those steps, and his process and the way he thinks is just absolutely astounding. So without further ado, here is myself and Brian. There is really no editing because this is a conversation between two people, and I really want you to hear the context and the way that we speak and the way that we work through our problems. I don't want to edit too much out of that because I want you to see what works for us because we believe that it can work for you. But um, I did want to say congratulations. Are you excited about your nine years?
1: Yeah I mean every year obviously is a milestone but it just feels like um, some days it feels like I'm you know, just started sobriety. And then some days it's like feels like I haven't ever drank before, that kind of thing. So it's I mean, it's always emotional. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously you know every day is you know it's not something you just commit to ten years ago and then you don't have to work, you know, it's not something like that. So
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It's just emotional. That that's kind of the word to use I would say. I
0: think I think that Once I hit like the one, two, threes, and fours, those are like such a huge milestone. And then five was like, oh my God, I'm really into this. And then like six and seven, I was like, oh, I guess I'm really doing this. And then as I stared down the barrel at 10, I was like, and once I got to 10, I was like, oh my God. And then I started seeing everybody else's sobriety. And the guy on Saturday had 43 years. I know. Yeah, I was like, it's crazy. oh my gosh. I was like, I want 43 years. <laughs> so you're right. It's super emotional. So I'm really excited. Does anybody, like, I know this might sound really stupid and maybe a very old girl thing, but does anybody <laughs> do anything for you? Does your mom say anything? Does Nicole say anything? Like, how do you celebrate your sobriety date?
1: Uh, my mom, she definitely will. Obviously, call me, text me, you know, kind words. Um, And then, I mean, we'll get together next weekend for the Vikings game and, you know, she'll cook food and we'll kind of spend time together. That's kind of the reward. Um, My sister every year gets me a coin. Awesome. So every year of sobriety, she mails me one from Florida. Um, So that's cool. You know, kind of a, a little tradition there to open that up when, you know, right around the time. Um, I don't know, for me, it's mostly just being by myself and like, you know, relaxing and that's, I, I like that. So, um, I like time to myself. That's <laughs> <so
0: pretty. laughs> I, do I mean, sure. I have,
1: I have to work or I have to see people all the time, you know, so it's like, right. I just like to, I just like to chill out.
0: No, I am the exact same way. I do like, When I hang out with people or when I want to be around people, I go hard, but then I like hermit for the next two or three months. I'm like, nope, I'm good.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I saw people now.
0: I'm, I'm totally fine.
1: (laughs) It's like my friends know that I'm still exist. So that's all I need them.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, thank you for doing this. I really want this to kind of be casual, but I do have some things I'm super interested in. And obviously, for me, part of the program is hearing other people's stories. So I would really like to, as much as you want to disclose, because this is a public platform, um, oh, yeah. you know, I would like to kind of hear about when you knew, for you, and you can lead up to it, which is fine, when did you know that it's either sobriety, death or incarceration? Like, what was the moment? Or did you have one moment series of moments or was it against your own moment that someone told you okay it's time
1: yeah I mean you know I I was a late starter as far as drinking goes I really didn't get into partying until that I was 19 um but when I when I say I got into it I, I really got into it um but there was never really I mean I knew I feel like at first it was we're partying you know this is what kids do you know drink and then all of a sudden you get you know to be like 21 22 20 you know you start to you know you can't really use that while we're young you know young and dumb kind of thing um (laughs) but i would take like months off at a time you know i take a month off here a month off there mostly because you know i felt um like I was overdoing it, but it was never like permanent, you know, it was kind of like, oh, just give your body a rest, you know, if that was from throwing up blood or whatever, you know, just kind of get scaring, oh, kind of scaring, kind of scaring myself into it, you know,
0: Oh wow! Um,
1: but that 31st day would always be me going to liquor store like, okay, I did it, you know, it was never, it was, your, it was never, it
0: was your reward. Yeah.
1: It was my validation of, you know, I don't have a problem. But I always say this to my, you know, my friends or anyone I talk to. I'm like, if you have to prove you don't have a problem, chances are you do have a
0: problem. Right. If it Um, needs explanation, there's an issue.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have to quit something for a month, yeah, you probably have a problem. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it was, you know, month here, month there. But I mean, it was never, I was never like a, I need to drink all the time. Like it wasn't like wake up in the morning and eat, you know, there's all, I was more of a, a weekend, you know, drink as, from Thursday to Saturday, it was like, I would drink as much as most people would, you know, probably in two weeks. I guess Um, yeah. And, um, I was in a relationship for, it was like on and off for seven years. Um, and she, she's a saint for sticking around that long, but, you know, we would always, you know, be great and then the weekend would come and you know i would do something say something you know whatever it was and um you know fast tracking it was basically the same thing like we would try to make it work it wouldn't work because of stuff that i did or said or you know whatever and then we get back to a good place i mean it was always the best when i'd take those sober breaks because she's like wow i can actually like hang out with you and have a conversation with you and you know you're not passed out on the floor or whatever you know whatever she was used to right um but i was just never in a place where nothing mattered you know nothing mattered more than like the party you know i was so obsessed with going out and socializing and drinking and you know having fun that kind of thing okay um, and you know the details aren't there aren't really any details i mean it was literally that for seven years i mean we just did the same story over and over again you know yeah um and then
0: was it the acceptance was it the socialization was it the friendships yeah. what
1: it had to do with high school so middle school was great you know i had a great time in middle school it was fun and then high school i like gain gain weight you know weight is a big you know like weight is a big topic obviously in high school you go from being the king in eighth grade to being nothing in ninth grade basically because you run. right you know you're where we were it was sixth to eighth grade was middle school, then ninth grade was high school. That's how it is in
0: Virginia here, too.
1: So, I mean, I was just always so shy, and like I would always think worst case scenario, so like no one likes me, you know, whatever. And I went through that through all through high school, you know, I was like not popular, shy. I mean, I always say I wasn't popular, but I never talked, so who knows if anyone even wrote or liked me. I always go back, I write about this a lot, but senior year, I, there was a girl in my, one of my classes, you know, we do yearbooks, right? So you pass it around, whatever. And this girl in my class, I think her name was Kylie, I think. And she, she wrote something in my book and it was, it's too bad. You just sat there. Oh my God. But, but I always reflect now and I'm like, that kind of sums it up though, because that's exactly what I did. But, and I sat there, but I also like, Made it into a neg, like it was everyone else's fault, you know, not my fault. Disease of like perception. Yeah, I wasn't proactive in getting to know people. I just assumed everyone didn't like me, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the summer after high school, I, you know, completely changed as far as like a body transformation, whatever. And I've been able to, you know, be consistent <laughs> with that. Um, Oh, God. I don't even want to think about when I graduated, but you know what I mean. I
0: oh my gosh, you let's not go there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had that happen and then 19, um, you know, girls started to be interested in me, you know, this kind of thing, you know, so it was like, oh, wow, and then going out to the club or the, you know, whatever it was, and yep. then girls liking me, you know, I almost felt like I was making up the four years of high school, like after high school, you know what I mean? Because All my friends were partying, had girls, you know, and I was just kind of like playing video games and smoking cigarettes and, you know, not doing really anything. Um, So I think that, I think that definitely had a lot to do with it though. You know, that like, oh man, all the stuff I wanted to do in high school, I can do it now. And then, you know, kind of got, got crazy. But um, anyway, so back to the girl I was seeing, she, um, so April of 2012, um, I got a job offer in Iowa. So I, um, yeah, I know <laughs> it was a cool, it was a cool, it was a cool place though, where I was working, Okay. Um, but it was, it was West Des Moines. So it's a really nice area down there. But, um, so yeah, we hung out a night in April and, you know, it was never, I don't think we went into it as like, this was it. Because we'd always do that before, like, take care, I love you forever, but this isn't going to work. Right. We're never going to talk again or try again. You know, we did that so many times before. Um, But yeah, so we, she came over, we stayed up all night just talking about, you know, seven years, basically. Um, And that time, it was it, you know, that was the last time I've seen her was that night. So...
0: Oh, wow. um,
1: And... Like we've talked here and there like you know i hope you're doing well like back you know a little bit like that but nothing obviously you know like it was um but yeah so that happened packed my car up moved to iowa and we did even when i first moved there we even fell back into it though she's like <laughs> i'm gonna come and visit you know all this stuff and i'm like okay yeah we can make this work and <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm really glad that it didn't you know because really? obviously in hindsight it's it's a good thing um But yeah, so I was in Iowa and doing the same old thing, you know, met people, always going to the bar, just having a good time. Um, And anyway, so I come back to Minnesota. I usually came up like Saturday night just to go to the Vikings games, like four hour drive. So I drive up after work, get here at night, go out with my friends, go to the game Sunday wake up early Monday and drive back to Iowa. That was like, but I didn't, I mean, I just wanted to party. So I didn't, right. Um, but so that happened, you know, for a while, while whatever was going on in 2012, um, and they had two games. So they played Sunday, Arizona, then again, Thursday night against Tampa Bay. And they were both home games. So I'm like, well, I'll come up Sunday. Like I usually did. And then I'll just stay, like take vacation days, whatever, and then stay Thursday and go back Friday. And it was like, okay. So this was two games, you know, in four days. So it was like, <sighs> I can't wait to party, you know, all this. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So Sunday comes and goes, you know, it was normal, like it was actually 2012. So my buddy Dave and I wore uh Romney and Obama masks to the game because it was right around the election. Oh my God. Everyone absolutely loved it. By the way, that's hilarious. probably won't get away with that. Probably won't get away with that now. No,
0: but, you um. <laughs> be I'm just telling you now. In this economy, um, Brian.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that happened. You know, the first game was good, and then Thursday night, I met up with a buddy around twelve noon, and you know, started drinking like we always did, and then uh, the game. I don't even know how we got in. Like, I, by the time we were getting into the game, it was like. I was, you were on one at, I was on one as the kids say, yes. um, but yeah, I was just like at the game. I remember kind of, you know, putzing around there for a little bit. And then my buddy Nick got kicked out. So <gasps> I'm trying to find him and he's like, I'm in the parking garage. So meet him out there and we get home, we get back to his house and his roommate is there and he's like, well, I'm headed to the bar to watch the rest of the game. So we just, you know, went there. Um, with him um, got there there had food I don't even think I drank anymore honestly after that I don't even remember but uh, we were there and I had this weird feeling like not like a like a numbness you know from yep. like down you know up to my head yep. and I just remember reaching for Shane his arm and like waking up and I was on the ground and he was like on top of me, wasted, you know, like, Are you okay? Like beating you know, like panic mode, whatever. Right. And apparently I was white as a ghost, you know. I I vaguely I mean I remember everything obviously waking up. Right. Being like and then the bouncer was like helped me to the ambulance. I was in the ambulance, which was cool. Um
0: <laughs> I like. <laughs>
1: I just remember my buddy trying to climb in and they're like, are you sober? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And they're like, take a breathalyzer. He's like, no, I'm not sober. <laughs> no, so, I'm, I'm
0: past. <laughs> um,
1: Yeah. So basically got to the hospital, you know, dehydrated, whatever was going on. Um, but that was it. You know, when I, I lost my dad in 2006 to drugs and alcohol, you know, and um, I just had a memory of that, like holding his hand in the hospital as he's brain dead from drugs and alcohol, you know, he's 56 years old, really young when he passed away. But I just had a, a memory of that, you know, thinking of like him being there, but not being there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I knew that that was it like that for me, I just didn't want to end up like him. That was kind of my, um, my motivation, you know, was to right there. So when I left the hospital, made my drive back to Iowa in the morning, um, Googled like, you know, AA meeting in Iowa. Like I had never been to one. I was always the type of person that was like, "Oh, I'm not one of those people. I don't need to go. I don't have a drinking problem." You know, always. I mean, denial is such a big part of it. Oh, it's huge. Um, um, so yeah, there was a place. It was oddly enough called the White House, and it was on Pennsylvania Avenue in Iowa, which was funny. Um, which but I went. Perfect. I went to the meeting. Sat down. You know, they went around, and I, you know, I'm Brian alcoholic. That was the first time I had ever said it. Um, and I really didn't even make it through my little spiel without, you know, crying because it was like, holy shit, all this is happening. Um, but yeah, I said that. I said, I just, I'm here because I don't want to end up like my dad. And that that was it. You know, that was, that was my, my like, reaffirming my commitment to that. That was it. Right. Um, and, you know, I went to a few meetings down there, but I really found like my piece and my way in writing and, in uh, uh, church, um, like my faith has been the biggest part of my recovery. I mean, hands down, it's been that And writing has been such a, a consistent thing, you know, and I, I feel like in recovery, the biggest thing is to find what works for you, you know, and, and continue to do that every day. So, you know, you obviously, you know, we know each other. So like with my blog, you know, there's, 3,000, you know, I write one every single day.
0: Which is Um, just mind-blowing to me because let's be honest about how inconsistent alcoholics and addicts are and how insane it is to even conceptualize that, A, we're going to make it through tomorrow, right? But now you are going to wake up every single morning and you are going to find time to not only vlog for five minutes and 38 seconds, but you're also going to do a whole vlog throughout the day. And yeah. That, that is some consistency and that is amazing. And I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I actually, um, have found myself on the sober side of TikTok um, not TikTok, uh, Twitter. And it's interesting because it's a bunch of different people and a lot of people actually I have found don't go to AA. Um, and so for me, that's a little different it's not that they don't subscribe to the steps or whatever, but they don't go to AA. So I'm very interested because that's such a huge thing for people. I want to hear about not that AA didn't work for you, but you Mm -hmm. said that your faith and writing and your vlogging is a really big thing. So tell me how you even came into writing that every day because journaling is really, really an important step in number 11, where we talk about meditation and prayer and our conscious contact with our higher power. So take me through your faith and through how that worked out in your blogging.
1: Okay. Um, my faith is uh, 2013. Um, it's actually a funny story. So, well, there's some irony in it actually, but I was sober cabbing, I was sober a bunch of friends on St. Patrick's Day uh, 2013. And one of the girls, you know, I was sober calving, we ended up dating each other random, you know, how random is that? Um, <laughs> anyway, so her family had attended this church. And you know, obviously, we started dating. So she invited me, you know, and I, I had never been a church person minus holidays. You know, like my mom would be like, it's Christmas, we have to go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you got that one
0: Christmas outfit hanging in the closet?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one holiday outfit, yeah. Um, But yeah, so I was like, okay, I mean, for her, you know, definitely, of course. Right. Um,
0: Anything for Carol.
1: And it was um, getting there and, you know, there's, it wasn't traditional, you know, like the pastor, like standing up there and like, you know, that's how I was, you know, used to going to, you know, not with music, you know, like live music and all. It was so different, you know, obviously than what I was used to. Um, the music was awesome. Um, and the message seemed more like geared towards, you know, now, like towards society, you know, what the problems that we deal with or struggle with every day. Yeah. The message wasn't just like read word for word out of the Bible. And, you know, you're trying to like figure out what they're talking about. <laughs>
0: you're going um, to hell. Sorry for you. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, so it resonated with me. And, you know, I've been going ever since. I, I was baptized in 2017, I, I did it, got re baptized essentially. Um, which is a big thing for me because obviously everything that has, uh, changed in my life was a big part of that. Um, kind of washing away, you know, who I was and, you know, kind of going into who I'm becoming, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just always been like, I have routine, I'm very routine. So I like prayer, you know, in the morning at night, um, when I wake up, I have, um, a book actually it's called the bible in 366 days so each day it has a different part of the bible and you just read that day and and that for me is something that is a lot less intimidating than like having the whole bible like where do you begin where do you start that kind of thing Uh so it just makes it easier for me to to resonate you know with what i'm reading focus on what i'm reading because i'm just one of those people i've always been like had anxiety, whatever you want to, you know, all that stuff. Um, so when you have like a whole thick book, it's like, uh, do I read? then you feel like you're not reading enough, you know, are you, what, are you, it was just always confusing as far as where to dive in, where to start, what, you know, all this stuff. So this book to that's down to the day. So, you know, I wake up, say a prayer open to this day, you know, have a cup of coffee and read it every morning like that. And then obviously my blog, uh, the video. Um, and then I have a book that's like a spiritual book at night. That's the same way. It's just divvied up by the day. So I read that before bed. Like I have to do these things or like my day will not even make sense. Like I there's so I've gotten into such a routine that it, it gets me through, you know, obviously choosing not to drink is another part, you know, that's you wake up and you're like, guess what? I'm not going to do today drink. And then you kind of go from there, you
0: know? Right
1: that's a big thing but the writing was really just by chance you know I was I think I was about 500 days into it 560 days into it or something like that and I was just so um I was so like my mind was full like I didn't know at least when I drank I could forget about stuff for a week or two weeks you know I didn't really care right but now like everything I had to process everything that I screwed up everything that I said the wrong, you know. It was just all there, you know. It was all. I had no. I had nothing. Um,
0: I apologize for that. Okay. Oh yeah. Nope. You're fine.
1: Um. So that and I just needed an escape, you know, somewhere to write stuff down. So I just made a WordPress account and started writing, and that I've been doing it ever since.
0: Is it usually like? okay so for me this podcast came at a really interesting time I had been talking to um a friend of mine who lives out in Washington and she had made mention that I have all these really interesting stories and I um she likes learning about addiction from me and things like that and I had previously talked to a couple of other friends who said that you know we really like hearing from you. And I was like, okay. And you know, my friend actually runs podcasts out on the West coast. And so she helped me set it up and it came at a really interesting time because I found in this process for me, there was things that were happening in my life that I truly had no control over. Um, Things that were happening to me in the moment that this podcast actually has started helping me process as i say them out loud and so i think it's really kind of cool that you're saying your mind is full so when you when i do this podcast i'm starting with the 12 steps only because i think that is important to the whole process i think that's what's needed but for me there's also times when i want to express how i feel or what works for me or what's on my mind just like we would in a meeting so how do you i mean 3000 different days, different topics. Like how, how do you think of what to write? Do you pray on it? Is is it on your heart? Is it something you're dealing with? Like, how does that come to you?
1: Well, I like to, um, I kind of get fixated on certain like poets or authors, you know, whatever. Um, But I don't, the topics I, I find. So I'll like, you know, whoever it might be like Tolstoy, for example i see like a list of quotes from him whatever i pick up the quote and then use my experiences with like take the quote and then write about how it relates to me
0: oh my god that is so so cool
1: you know cs lewis uh whoever you know you just get a topic that resonates with me and then i'll write my version of the quote you know what if that makes sense my version like how it relates to me.
0: It's kind of yeah. like the little um, daily reflections books that we have for AA. And as Bill sees it, it's kind of like your own daily reflections or as Bill sees it, you take a quote and you just yeah. make it your own. Yep. That is so awesome. I really, that's really, really cool. So you are in school for um, addiction counseling, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. So what, is the overall obviously we know what the overall goal is you want to help people in addiction but are you this was always my biggest step back was i'm an empath and so i take things on i haven't worked this program emotionally well enough to be able to handle other people's addiction and i haven't been able to really get to the point where I don't want it more than they do. So what is your overall goal and what are things that you think you've learned through school that you might not have through your own personal addiction?
1: Well, the biggest thing for me has been, um, you know, obviously I've met people, um, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you know, in recovery. Um, But the the biggest shock for me has been, you know, the the realization of like, there's crazy, like compared to what my story is or, you know, the next person's story is like, there's gonna be things that like are unimaginable to me right now. Yes. You know, that people come in with and I just, that's the biggest thing for me is like processing that because I, I know, I mean, I've watched enough, you know, intervention or, you know, all those different kinds of shows to kind of yep like, well, prepare myself in a way for, like, what's possible, like what happens. Ooh, I like um, that. But I I just don't. I mean, obviously, until I'm in the room, and this is happening, I, I won't really know the, the kind of shock, you know, shock value of it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's exciting for me, because I know, like how much it means to me, you know, my recovery, right. and I don't want to you know, I know it's obviously about helping. It's not telling them what to do. You know that that's. I think there's a common misconception, like with a, with a addiction counselor, like oh, they have all the answers for me. And I tell people, um, all the time. You know, they'll I'll get messages. You know, how did you, how do you do it? How how did you do this? How did you do that? And I I always have the same answer. You know, I'm like I'm not here to tell you how to do it. I'm just telling you that you can.
0: I really. I really like that. That um, gives me a completely different perspective that I didn't even think of because my sponsor asked me to, well, she didn't really ask me. She told me I was going to be going to a halfway house and running women's meetings there. And even after 11 years, after starting the podcast, after talking to you and a couple of other friends in recovery, I asked her, I was like, what if I screw it up? And she's like, wait what and I'm like what if I tell them to do the wrong thing what if I say the wrong thing she's like you're not all you're there to do is share what worked for you is share your experience strength and hope and so I think it's really interesting that you said I'm not here to tell you what to do it's how to do it and that you can do it and so for me that's really reassuring because I think with everything in life, we're given instructions, right? Your boss gives you instructions. Your spouse tells you when to pick things up. You know, your teachers, we've got all these instructions. And so granted, we have the book of AA, but there should be instructions. Do this every day. Don't do this every day. You know, we get back to that structure, but there's really no structure to sobriety. It's a suggested program and it's what works for you. And I love the fact that you said that your faith is really important because this has been a big concern for me. I'm also finding that a lot of people in AA are agnostic or don't subscribe to God. And it's one thing that I've been scared of to really address my faith because I don't want people to think, oh, you're in AA, so you believe in God. So I'm, I'm really struggling with that. And... I love the fact that you're saying that you have faith and you got rebaptized because that means the world to me. So, what would I, I'm just curious in your in your experience with this? Are you nervous to address agnostics? Are you nervous to address address the disease? I because your faith is important to you. So I'm actually looking for help here myself. How do you handle that?
1: Uh, my whole thing. Okay, so. My whole thing with faith is I know, you know, you obviously like society wise, it's always like, oh, you know, you get lumped together with Christians, you know, like I'm Christian. So you get lumped together. Well, all Christians are the same. All these are the same, all, you know, whatever. But for me, what I've learned is that I don't, what other people think about me, what other people do has nothing to do with me. Like, I know where I am in my faith, and I know what I believe in, and I know what keeps me going, and I know what I, you know, surrendered my life to. I know who I surrendered my life to, and that's where it ends for me, because I'm going to tell you how I feel and what I believe in, and that that's up for, I mean, I don't care what other people think.
0: No, you don't, and that's one thing that I absolutely love and admire about you. Like, I'm still at the point, like, in my sobriety, even 11 years later, where I'm like, oh my God, someone breathed the wrong way, they hate me. So, yeah, I'm just an overly sensitive person. That's how I am. So I'm getting there. But I love the fact that for you, it's just like, this is my faith. This is what I believe in. This is what worked for me. It may not work for you.
1: Exactly. That has nothing to do with me. So like when people are like, I don't believe in God, I'm like, why? That has nothing to do with me. And I'm not going to I'm not in a place to say anything about them. Right. Because that, if that's the way they feel, who am I to say anything about it?
0: Right. So in the program, oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, you know, I went through so many years of my life, you know, trying to say the right thing, trying to do the right thing, trying to um, fit in, trying to get validation from people, you know, cool people, as we used to call it, you know, the cool kids or whatever. Um, But now, you know, being at a place in my faith where like, The only person, like, I shouldn't even say person, the only being that I care about, like, as far as judgment goes, is God. You know, Jesus is the only person. Like, that's, it it starts and ends there. Like, anyone else, they can say whatever they want. I mean, I, and even, they even get more mad when you are, like, you know, God bless or whatever. You know, people get more mad when you're not mad about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: when you just, like, laugh or smile, like, people get more upset when you don't, and I'm like, hey. Like I said, I'm not going to lose sleep at night over what so and so thinks cuz I know what I think and I know what I believe in. So
0: And that's real and that's such a huge sticking point. And I think it's why you're going to make such an amazing counselor cuz you kind of just you're stuck in who you are and you're not going to change. You're not going to change for anybody. You're not gonna, going to be a different person. And I don't think you've ever been a different person. I've never seen in the four or five years I've known you, you've never wavered. You've never changed. And I think that's really comforting. And I think it shows that this program absolutely can work. And I think that it shows the program doesn't have to necessarily be within the walls either. It can be what works for you. So yeah. I, um, I really, really appreciate you taking time to talk to me, to hang out with me. And I actually have a ton of other questions. So can we do this again next month when I get a few other things going?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Just let me know.
0: I would really like that. I have, because for me, I went from one relationship to the next. And so I do have questions on being single in sobriety, dating in sobriety, like being able to, I've never, I have I started out very codependent, so I've never been on my own. So what do those things look like? Cause I think that's a, something that a lot of people don't think of either. You know, when the marriages end, when the seven year relationships end, when the parents yeah. pass away, you have to do this on your own. Like,
1: yeah. oh, I know what you mean.
0: It's, yeah. So I would love to have you back on and discuss that. And if that's something you're willing to do. And, oh, yeah, of course. Awesome. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time. And I will. Get this downloaded and uploaded. And since it's your anniversary week, I really want to get it out this Wednesday. So I'm putting up right. this week's podcast for next week. So tell your friends. So Appreciate it. not Thank a you. problem. I'm going to hang up now and you have a good night. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye honey. All right, fam. I hope that you really enjoyed today's episode. I am so grateful that all of you are here. I am also extremely grateful for Brian, his experience, strength and hope. And I really wanted you to see through interviews and meeting new people that we all have different stories. As you could tell, Brian's story was a lot different from Tyler's story and a lot different from my story. So there is not one right or wrong story for any one of us. The point is, is that we are willing And we are wanting to recover. And I hope that this episode gave you some faith and some hope and a message that you needed to hear. And along with my I am grateful for, Brian, I am grateful for you. I am grateful for your friendship and being there for me and for allowing me to enter into your life. We have vulnerabilities and we have walls up but i really believe that as we continue to work this program we really want to carry the message to other addicts and alcoholics who still suffer and brian you are definitely the epitome of what that means you truly do carry the message and i am consistently in awe of you and so thank you again for your time I hope that you have a great rest of your week, family. And as you can tell, I can't talk because I've been talking for an hour. A great rest of your week, family. Next week, we will continue on. actually, in this fashion, we'll be talking about step 11 and our conscious contact with God. So I could not be more thankful that Brian was on this episode. He is exactly what we needed to slide right into next week. And you have a good rest of your week and weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode of a Sober Girls podcast. I hope we were able to help you on your road through recovery, or if anything, help you understand that if you are not active in recovery, but want to be, that you are not alone. We are here for you. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss another episode. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Sober Girls Pod and online for show notes and other information about sobriety at A Sober Girls Podcast. com. I hope that you have a great rest of your week, and until next time, fam, be well.